This is a satsang, or spiritual meetup without walls, streaming live by way of HealthyLife.net, the Positive Talk Radio Network, and soon to become available as a podcast on demand. My name is James Bean. Welcome to Spiritual Awakening Radio. During this hour, I will share with you readings from the new book by Swami Vyasanand called The Inward Journey of the Soul, beginning with this poem of Guru Kabir. Kabir says, As the night bird gazes all night at the moon, so thou art my Lord, and I am thy servant. From the beginning until the ending of time there is love between thee and me. And how shall such love be extinguished? Kabir says, as the river enters into the ocean, so my heart touches thee. Commentary by Swami Vyasanand in his new ebook, The Inward Journey of the Soul. We are human beings, and the Supreme Being is always with us. However, we are unable to love the Supreme Being as the moonbird loves the moon. We try to focus our gaze at the divine form of the deity in our inner heart, but our mind gets distracted and we begin to see other scenes created by our thoughts. We get preoccupied with unimportant distractions. Our mind gets diverted by the slightest sounds outside and by minor diversions. Ironically, the moon bird cannot live without the moon Nevertheless, we, without any care for the vision of the Divine Being, consider ourselves happy without the experience of the Supreme. The moon does not love the bird, but the bird loves the moon. However, the Supreme Being has been loving us since our beginning and never forgets us, though we may have entirely forgotten the Divine. The bird is ready to sacrifice its life for the moon, but we cannot even sacrifice even insignificant pleasures for the divine. The bird becomes impatient when the moon disappears behind the cloud and cries in separation. Yet we are not concerned that the divine has been hiding under the material layers of our body and mind, and we never become restive or yearn for him. Instead, we fill our stomach and go to sleep. Through this example, it becomes clear that we are conceited devotees, and worse than this bird, Sant Sundar Singh says, Focus in the inner sky of the heart, just as the moon bird keeps intense intention on the moon. According to Sant Tulsi Das, Just as the moon bird is delighted to see the moon, similarly the devotees become joyful by seeing God. The moon bird is far away from the moon. The moon does not love the bird back, but the moon bird is in love with the moon and stares at the moon. Saints compare the intense and unrequited love of the moon bird with the love of a devoted practitioner. Sant Pultusahib describes the plight of the practitioner as follows. 
The method of inner seeing is understood through allegories, just as the moon bird, according to myths, stares at the moon without blinking. In the same way, a practitioner with full and single-minded concentration must focus within, just as the bird does not remove her eyes from the moon and turns her head to stare at the moon as it moves across the sky. Even when the moon sits, she continues to look for the absent moon. Just as when the bumblebee gets trapped overnight in the lotus when the sun sets and the lotus flower closes its petals. In its love for the lotus, it does not leave the lotus and dies as a result. Just as an insect is attracted to the flame and surrenders its life to it, so a practitioner should focus on a single point in meditation. Just as a thief loves to take the money of others in the same way a practitioner through intense focus should try to attain that secret treasure within. They should try to attain that secret treasure within. In essence, just as the bird loves the moon, the bee loves the lotus flower, as the insect loves the flame, and the thief loves others' money. In the same way, through Dristi Yoga, the yoga of focused gazing with intense concentration, the meditation practitioner should seek to attain the divine light within through intense love for the Supreme Being. A passage from Swami Vyasanand's new book, The Inward Journey of the Soul. The Inward Journey of the Soul, Chal Hansa Nijdesh, O Swan Soul, Return to Your Abode. That's the full title, including with the Hindi. It's a Kindle ebook which you can read with a Kindle device. It comes from Amazon and Amazon India. But if you have the Kindle app, you can read it on any electronic device or smartphone, if you just get the app. In his book, The Inward Journey of the Soul, Swami Vyasanand Ji Maharaj provides a superbly detailed account of various essential elements for success in the inward path to union with the divine reality, the Supreme Being or Paramatman. The components of the inward spiritual path have been elaborated by learned and accomplished saints of the Sant tradition, including Maharishi Mehi Paramhans and Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj. It is an impressive book, providing much-needed depth and detail about principles of the saints, as well as meditation practice. It makes a huge contribution to understanding this path more clearly, which is especially necessary for Westerners on the outside looking in from afar, interested in the Sant tradition, not being fluent in Hindi, to fill in the gaps or blanks in our understanding. As with the earlier publications, Harmony of All Religions by beloved Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj and Philosophy of Liberation or Moksha Darshan by Sant Maharishi Mehi Paramhans, with this new book, The Inward Journey of the Soul by Swami Vyasanand, I am learning new things about the teachings of the saints of India and am grateful to be able to access this advanced wisdom. 
It is indeed an impressive book, providing much-needed depth and detail about Saint-Mont principles as well as meditation practice. It makes a huge contribution to understanding this path more clearly, which, as I mentioned, is especially necessary for Westerners interested in the Saint tradition, not being fluent in Hindi, to fill in the lacuna or blanks or gaps in our understanding. As with the NASA space probes encountering distant worlds, planets and moons, transforming fuzzy objects into clear view, revealing surface features with sharp resolution, as a result of encountering this book, may spiritual seekers and satsangis, or disciples, initiates around the world, come away with a much clearer understanding of the teachings of the Masters. It has been said that there are teachings found in the inward journey of the soul that have never found their way to any English book before, and that's certainly true. There is a hard copy of this book available from a website in India called mehisant.com, M-E-H-I-S-A-N-T, Dot com. Otherwise, it's a downloadable ebook by way of Amazon on a Kindle device or with the Amazon Kindle app on any electronic device or smartphone. So primarily an electronic book, and it is a very nice book. It's not a huge book, but it is very detailed. It has a lot of depth to it, and that is a good thing. Indeed. In Swami Vyasanand's work, Inward Journey of the Soul, one will find not only sagely advice for the seeker of truth, but a roadmap of experiences and distinguishing milestones along the spiritual path. Both the depth and breadth of the meditation path is expounded in fascinating and full detail. This detail will not be found in any single Santmat publication in English. In fact, there are details and explanation that may not be found in any other Santmat publication, even in Hindi. It is safe to say that this is a huge contribution to the understanding and practice of this path of the Masters and offers some rare and unique facets of Santmat. In a sense, it is a compendium of the major elements of Santmat which to date have not been found in any single volume. Swamiji or Swami Vyasanand accomplishes this using a systematic yet easy to understand explanation of essential components of the path. And that's from the foreword of this book by Don Howard. It was translated from Hindi into English by Professor Veena Howard, and I myself helped work out some rephrasing and helped out with the translation of this book as well to put complicated things from Hindi into not just a broken English or, or hard to grasp but literal translation into English but in a clear, easy to understand contemporary English. Sometimes that's not an easy thing to do when you're going from one language like Hindi to English but this book I think does accomplish that. Another reading from 
The Inward Journey of the Soul by Swami Vyasanandji Maharaj. The Way of Love or Bhakti. Sufis described five levels of devotion or love. One, not a genuine kind of love. The mind is always contemplating matters of mundane attainments, but with the body outwardly, some virtuous deeds are done, even though it is of the lowest kind with sporadic acts of service or siva, the mind would eventually turn to God. Two, the body is involved in spiritual acts and there is an effort on the part of the devotee to attach the mind to God. So, progressively getting better. Uh, Number three, both the mind and the body are engaged in meditation. However, due to material attachments, the devotee's mind becomes distracted and is engaged in immoral actions. Upon realization of this deviation, the devotee immediately recognizes the error of its ways and seeks to make corrections. 4. The devotee loves the Supreme Being with his mind, heart, and soul and longs for the Divine, like a fish out of water yearns for water. He does not care about food, sleep, the company of others, and does not wish for anything other than God. Sometimes in yearning for the divine, he swoons. There are many stories of saints who become unconscious, struck by divine love. True devotees become unconcerned with bodily needs and do not worry about loss or gain. They are unaffected by the news of death or the birth of their loved ones. They are not jealous of others' progress, nor do they worry about criticism or honor and dishonor. Because of their state of ecstasy and carelessness to worldly conventions, others think of such devotees as crazy. But in this state, they enjoy the bliss of God, who is the ocean of love. The devotees have a single focus, and that is to see God. All other longings vanish from their hearts. And the fifth level of bhakti, the fifth level of love and devotion, is this from Swami Vyasanand. In this type of love, the devotee becomes like the beloved God. The soul is an inseparable part of the divine. And through devotion, it becomes divine. Just as ice made up of water after melting becomes water. This kind of devotion leads to the union of the soul and the supreme soul, God. So the fifth level of love or bhakti devotion, the soul and God become one even as the drop finds its way back to the divine ocean as in the ending of that glorious poem, that full moon poem, of Kabir, as the night bird gazes all night at the moon, so thou art my Lord, and I am thy servant. From the beginning until the ending of time, there is love between thee and me. And how shall such love be extinguished? Kabir says, as the river enters into the ocean, so my heart touches thee.
One practice of divine remembrance is called Simran, or Mana's Jap, the repetition of names of God, sacred names, mantras, zikr, the prayer of the name, a form of prayer without ceasing, the automatic repetition of names of God. Why Sant Mat masters teach that repeating Simran words or mantras is best done mentally. Why is that? Why is mental chant done with the tongue of thought considered to be better or higher, more within, than verbally chanting names? Swami Vyasanand. Practitioners obtain results of mantra recitation according to their mind's stillness and concentration. The method of recitation that produces deep concentration is better and yields superior results. Saints or saints, spiritual masters, state that murmuring qualitatively has ten times more focusing power than speaking names out loud. Breath recitation, japa, leads to a yield of a hundred times more concentration. That is, one is chanting a name, you know, inhaling and then exhaling. The breath is involved with the chant of the mantra. Mana's japa, or mental chant, on the other hand, creates 1,000 times more concentration than mantras timed with breath. Mental japa, or simran, Mana's Jap, as it's also known, is on the same platform as meditation, concentrated focus. Therefore, efficacy of, mant- of mantra japa is determined by the intensity of concentration. So here he is saying that mental chanting names of God, Mana's Jap, Mana's Japa, also called Simran, creates 1,000 times more concentration than repeating a name timed with breath. And that, in turn, is better than just speaking out loud or murmuring at each of these. Uh, one is better than the other, and the ultimate is mental chant at producing concentrated focus a thousand times better than a form of mantra timed with one's breathing or something spoken out loud, a verbal or vocal chant. And that's why in the Sant tradition, primarily it is a mental repetition. Now, there are some passages in the writings of various saints that do talk about verbally chanting names of God to some extent, and the singing of hymns, bhajans, also known as banis. But primarily, for meditation practice, these sacred names or mantras are done mentally within the tongue of your thought. It's a mental chant. One repeats names in their mind. And that is the beginning of meditation. That is the first rung of the spiritual ladder of divine ascension. 
It is the first thing that one does when they sit down to meditate, when they sit down and close their eyes. The first practice is the repetition of the Guru Mantra, the mantra that your spiritual master has initiated you with, has given to you as a divine gift, the repetition of a sacred name. After the break, I want to continue exploring this new book by Swami Vyasanand called The Inward Journey of the Soul. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned for much more after these messages. Spiritual Awakening Radio, a satsang without walls, a spiritual gathering on the radio airwaves and streaming on the World Wide Web, exploring the rare writings of saints and mystics and spiritual masters. This is a new book, freshly translated from Hindi into English, called The Inward Journey of the Soul by Swami Vyasanand. Picking up where I left off before the break on the meditation practice described in this book. The first practice is known as Mana's Jap, the mental repetition of a sacred name or various names of God, also known as Simran, Zikr, and other traditions have the prayer of the holy name or sacred name, prayer of the name something like that. Orthodoxy has something called the Jesus Prayer, which is very similar, and also done as a mental chant and mental repetition, and considered more powerful as a mental repetition or mental chant than a vocal chant, more mystical, more within, taking you further. From light to sound, from form to formlessness, from sound to soundlessness. Stages of meditation practice on the path of the masters. Swami Vyasanand, these various kinds of meditation, both gross and subtle, have been described by the saints in the following ways. Withdrawing from all other physical names and sounds and only focusing on the name given by the guru is called material but formless meditation. Withdrawing from all mental forms and focusing on the image of the deity or master as taught by the guru is called material visualization meditation. The meditation on the point or bindu is the subtle form of meditation, inner light meditation. 
The meditation on the countless divine sounds is considered the most subtle form of meditation since it does not require visualization or focus on any form. This is called the most subtle and formless meditation. When we close our eyes and do not see any objects, this does not mean that there exists nothing that can be seen. In other words, the shapeless darkness is also an object. Unfortunately, we cannot even see pure darkness because we are constantly thinking about the images of the world. Instead of seeing darkness, we see the imaginary sights projected on the screen of the inner mind. Without practicing the meditation of focusing in the darkness, it is not possible to see the subtle light that lies deep within. The experience of divine light in meditation brings joy and the progress then becomes rapid. Consequently, one's faith and conviction becomes stronger. Goswami Tulsi Das said, This form of meditation of the divine is easy and gives joy. Who will not enjoy it? The meditation on the sound is formless and transcends the realms of name and form. Through this meditation, the practitioner reaches the Supreme Being. Through this path, the meditator goes beyond all obstacles and achieves the ultimate freedom from the cycle of birth and death. The practitioner becomes free from taking birth in this world. The practitioner whose consciousness grasps the central sound even once escapes the afflictions of time and death. This practice of meditation is the direct path, as was stated by the Prophet Muhammad. By treading this path, the practitioner reaches the untainted destination of Kuda, an Urdu name for God, or the realm of the Supreme. This path of meditation is described by Jesus as the eye of the needle, and by going through it one attains the kingdom of heaven. This is the path leading to nirvana as described in Jainism and Buddhism. This is the unstruck sound, the Anhad Shabad, revealed by Guru Nanak, which is heard by closing the ears, eyes, and mouth. This meditation is the essence of all the different religions, all the sacred texts, and the core message of all the saints or saints and sages. This meditation takes the practitioner to the ultimate goal. Without this meditation, the existence of any religion, sect, or path is incomplete. And that's another reading from Swami Vyasanand's new book, new e-book, Kindle e-book, The Inward Journey of the Soul, Chal Hansa Nijdesh, the Hindu name for the same brand new book on the ascension of the soul. Names, visualizing a form, seeing the inner light, and then becoming one with the divine sound, and merging back into God again. And you know, he is quite correct 
I, on my own, independently, I've researched references to divine sound mysticism in the world religions. I even have a blog on it, an 8,000-word blog. I should have it published. It's probably long enough to be a book. And there are references to divine subtle sound or transcendental hearing in Christian texts, Christian mystics, Gnostic writings, Kabbalah, Native American spirituality, Jainism, Buddhism, Hinduism, Sufism, of course, Islam, Sikh, I mean, everywhere, East and West, Aboriginal, even, song lines from the Aboriginal mythology. Everywhere you look, Logos, Greek, Platonism, Pythagoreanism, music of the spheres, the Logos, no matter where you go and wherever you look, in the esoteric elements of all the world religions are to be found references to the divine sound, which can be meditated upon. The yoga of the word that takes you back to the origin of the word in the beginning. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio after these messages. Sometimes in the news there have been reports about people hearing a mysterious sound that seems to be coming from nowhere. One of these has been called the Taos Hum. In Philosophy of Liberation, Maharishi Mehi Parmhans states that not only are there spiritual sounds associated with heavenly realms, but there are also many vibrations or semi-subtle sounds associated with the gross material realm. He says one should not falsely assume they are accessing the real inner sound current just by hearing any kind of sound of silence that may manifest itself in one's perception during the silence of meditation. Sure, a sound that's not between 20 and 20,000 cycles not within the normal range of human hearing, but is heard by the ears of the soul, if you will. Sure, that's very supernatural and not your ordinary kind of hearing, and therefore is kind of miraculous or special, but there are some sounds that are more advantageous to hear than others. So there are, are two basic schools of thought about sound meditation out there one may encounter. One is hearing any kind of sound is fine. A kind of sound of silence. Doesn't matter what it is, it's all great. But in the song tradition of India, they say, no, 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 there are some sounds like crickets or a humming sound that are really embedded almost in the physical plane or somewhere between the physical and astral and closer to the physical 
that are not going to lead the soul above, so don't spend a lot of precious time focusing on those sounds. And they have other sounds that they recommend that have more of a magnetic or subtle quality to them. There are sounds due to gross vibrations in the material body, says Swami Vyasanand. To meditate on these gross material sounds and believe it to be uh, as the full practice of the yoga of sound shows a lack of knowledge of yoga, there are gross material sounds one can hear in the silence of meditation that do not lead one above, do not lead to spiritual growth or transformation or enlightenment. Swami Vyasanan says, this is because only the central sound has the power to attract the consciousness to the center and carry the soul to the center of a higher realm. Other illusory material sounds do not have that magnetism to attract the consciousness to higher realms. There are inner sounds that one receives instruction from a true master about at the time of initiation into inner sound meditation the yoga of the audible life stream. These sounds are perceived to come from the right side of the head or center and represent the ascending current. Sounds that seem to be coming from the left side are of the descending current, the descending current flowing downward into the material creation or multiverse. One is instructed to focus on the sounds of the ascending current, or audible life stream, certain sounds. There are, of course, many other sounds might, uh, that might be heard, that one might encounter, but one has to focus on certain sound currents. The reason for this is these sounds, if focused upon during meditation practice, will keep pulling the soul's attention up to higher and higher levels. These are coming from regions above. Other sounds, though mistaken for the sound current, are interesting, miraculous, and even mystical, but will not help the soul to ascend or make spiritual progress. Various sorts of sound currents reverberate in the human system from which the initiate has to pick up the right one and listen to it, otherwise he will go astray and lose his equipoise. The practical guru forewarns his disciple and directs which sound to listen to and which one to discard. That's a quote from a Radhaswami master by the name of Shiv Brat Lal, disciple of the famous master Hazur Salagram. I have heard accounts of some practitioners who follow unusual sound meditation practices and claim to hear sounds. However, these gross material sounds are imaginary or generated by metabolic functions and blood circulation. An ear disease can also create a humming sound that can be mistaken for inner divine sound, says Swami Vyasanand. Shiv brought Lal. The devotee in his spiritual journey upwards hears sweet melodies which attract him. The melodies are a powerful magnetic force which draws the attention inwards and makes it fully attuned to proceed up and up." Unquote. Another passage from Shiv Brat Lal's book, Light on Ananda Yoga. In the inward journey of the soul, Swami Vyasanan says, the question arises, what is the secret of correct technique for sound meditation. 
Sant Radhaswamy says, Focus your consciousness stream on the inner space. You will find the divine sound which will lead you beyond the snares of this illusory world. You should focus your consciousness or inner current in the middle of the eyebrows, the meeting point of the left and right channels, which is known as the tenth gate or Ajna Chakra or third eye center. The practitioner will attain one-pointedness through this practice. In other words, the subtlest and most luminous sign of the light realm will appear. With that luminous sign, the inner sound will also manifest. That is one very uh, important aspect of inner light and sound meditation practice as taught by Swami Vyasanand. One goes through the light to get to the sound in his form of meditation practice. One gets established in light first, contemplates the inner light at the third eye center. Then and only then does one switch to focusing their attention on the inner sounds. So not lower sounds, but sounds that come from above, that take one further above. That's the reasoning behind the timing of that, that focus of meditation. First there's light, and then focus on the sound. The name of the program is Spiritual Awakening Radio. After the break, more on meditation practice based on the new book, The Inward Journey of the Soul. Stay tuned. Today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, I'm exploring the new Kindle ebook titled The Inward Journey of the Soul by Swami Vyasanand. It's a Kindle ebook available through Amazon, but if you don't have an Amazon Kindle device, there is something called the Kindle app, which works on laptops, PC, computers, tablets, as well as any smartphone. Allowing you access to the world of ebooks. Before the break, I was sharing with you about meditation practice according to Swami Vyasanand. One key teaching is focusing attention is everything. Attention is everything on the path of meditation. He says seekers should practice intense and focused concentration during their meditation sadhana, their meditation practice. If one focuses intensely enough, they will begin having a successful meditation. They will contemplate the darkness and eventually they will discover that they are seeing in a new way and light will appear. One focuses on the various lights one sees colors or inner visions 
And by focusing on what is seen within, one light or vision may morph into another. And from the light, the sound will make itself known. And one then begins to focus on various inner mystic sounds. And one will notice that one sound will morph into another sound and it will start to alter your consciousness eventually. It seems like you're underwater or the sound is kind of wavy or your consciousness is beginning to move or be pulled up. One sound morphs into another. So focused concentration or attention is actually a means of transportation within allowing you to travel up the tunnel to the great light and the great central sound. In Swami Vyasanand's new book, The Inward Journey of the Soul, there's a section called Rules for Being Guru. And it's quite enlightening. It talks about how gurus should not have super expensive cars, should not live in mansions and be living this decadent, you know, movie star lifestyle, that sort of thing. And I'll share with you that at some point on this program. Today I have just enough time to share with you part of this section called Worthiness of the Spiritual Seeker. So this book talks about the worthiness of the master uh, as well as the worthiness of the disciple. A serious seeker has to prepare fertile ground within his or her inner self. The prerogative of God-realization and attainment of the vision of the divine only belongs to the Atman, the inner self, or consciousness within the body. However, it is not possible to accomplish this while engrossed in distractions of the mind and the body. It is only possible by being free of these distractions while living in the body. To be liberated from sensory distractions is no easy task. However, it can be achieved with the grace of the Satguru, the true teacher. For this, a practitioner must be determined morally upright and follow the instructions of the Master. Without these, it's impossible to obtain the grace of the Master and gain success. The practitioner can only diligently perform sadhana, or meditation practice, only by the grace of the guru, and then it yields success in this endeavor. To create resolve in seekers, the saints or saints give specific guidance. First, keep a diligent meditation schedule as instructed by the master. Second, leave all desires except the yearning for seeing the Supreme Being. Thirdly, keep in mind reverence of the Master. And finally, observe instructions of the Master as the highest duty and consider the Master to be part of your own family and dearest of all. For success in meditation is important for the practitioner to be cautious in the following ways. Following the example of a crow, be repetitive, always at it, never giving up. These are signs of the spiritual warrior in it for life, always remaining vigilant and attentive 
to meditation. You keep coming back for more. Success, failure, some days better than others, it doesn't matter. You keep coming back again and again and again, following the practice and following the Master's instructions. Have concentration similar to that of a crane, always being attentive at listening to the teachings of the Masters. You avoid the example of the dog always napping or sleeping. Be willing to follow the instructions of the teacher without laziness. Eat less. Cultivate a sense of detachment from all the ups and downs of life, the physical pleasures and desires. It is important that the student should cultivate these qualities. A seeker should pay attention to five factors. Receive the teachings of the Master with great attentiveness. After listening to the teachings, learn the esoteric techniques, the diksha, the initiation instructions from the Master for treading the spiritual path. Make a diligent effort to succeed in the tests presented by the Guru. Joyfully endure the trials and obstacles on this arduous path of life. Cultivate patience and perseverance. Just as a traveler withstands the pains of the journey and calmly endures the delays of the train or plane and discomforts along the way, in the same manner, the spiritual traveler on the divine path, although not seeing the divine for a while, does not waver from the path. Rather, the seeker endures the delay, and keeping faith in the Master's teachings, enthusiastically waits for the moment of divine realization. Thanks for joining me today on Spiritual Awakening Radio.